Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains, and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome to With You Every Step. Today, I am going to be talking all about the Philippines. Now, if you've been to the Philippines, you would know it is stunning. And if you haven't, well, this episode is probably for you. I'm going to talk all about the different places that I've been in the Philippines and my experiences in the Philippines. The Philippines is in Southeast Asia and it's in the Western Pacific. It actually has more than 7,000 islands. There are so many islands in the Philippines. Now, from what I understand, not all of them are islands that everyone should be visiting. They're not all tourist islands, but there are definitely very specific tourist islands that people visit. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. The main language in the Philippines is Tagalog, but then they all have their own dialects in different areas. My sister-in-law, my beautiful sister-in-law, is actually from the Philippines, which inspired my first trip to go over there. It was actually for my brother and his wife's, now wife's, wedding. They had a wedding in Australia, but they also did one for her family. So my family flew over and we went to that wedding. It was such an experience. It was really good for me that they ended up having it just after New Year's Eve. So I went a bit earlier and I went for New Year's Eve and I did a bit of traveling around before I went and met up with the family. Now the Philippines have their own currency. It is peso, Philippine peso. Currently at this moment in time, it is trading for about 36 Philippine pesos for one Australian dollar. Coming from Australia, there are a few different ways of flying over. When I flew, I flew with Jetstar, which is a low-budget carrier within Australia, and they do some international legs now. And I ended up going via Darwin and then Darwin to Manila. I don't know if that flight is still available. I do believe they might go through Singapore now. They have changed things around. I actually got a really good deal at that time. It's actually, it was 2011, 2012 over that New Year's Eve period that I went and I went after Christmas. So I think I left on maybe the 27th, which is peak time for airfares and then flew back three weeks later or four weeks later, whatever it is. There is a visa timeline. I think it was three weeks actually. And if you stay longer, you have to apply for a visa. I didn't want to do that. So I ended up staying right until the very last day and then flew home. I ended up getting flights for about $1,000 return, which for that time of year, I thought was pretty good. Looking them up now, they're around, depending who you fly with, what times you go, there's obviously peak times, monsoon season, not the best time to be going, cheaper airfares at that time. You can get them for maybe six, seven, eight hundred $800 return. And I'm from Melbourne, so this is going from Melbourne. Obviously cheaper, maybe higher up wherever you are. So have a look. There are also Air Asia. Now, anyone around the world looking to fly into Melbourne, Tullamarine is our main airport. We also have another now international airport. Well, it's not quite in Melbourne, but in Victoria, which is called Avalon. So if you've ever looked it up and you've seen this Tullamarine and Avalon, Avalon is about an hour out of Melbourne. It's not near the city at all. So if you are flying into Avalon, please be aware that you are 
a long way out of the city. So if you are planning to get transfers or cabs, if you were thinking that, probably not ideal. Definitely can do it from Tullamarine. It's not that far out of the city. It's about half an hour out of the city. There's sky buses, there's transport, there's Ubers, everything. Same as Avalon, but it's a long way out. Unless you're wanting to go straight into Avalon and go down to the Great Ocean Road and do the 12 Apostles, if that's the kind of itinerary you're hoping for, that's perfect. If not, Tullamarine is the airport you want to be flying into in Melbourne. On the way back, I did get some cheap flights with Air Asia. And I ended up flying via Singapore on the way home and then possibly Jetstar from Singapore on the way home. I will often do that. I will look and mix and match if I can see there's certain flights that are cheaper going somewhere and then connecting with another airline. Can be a risk if there's a close time slot, but if there's not and they've got a bit of a gap in between, I will do it because you know that you know if you're gonna wait three, four, five, six hours. It's very rare that it might be that kind of delay. You might be unlucky. I wasn't. We were lucky. It all just fit and worked perfectly for us on the way home. But I did fly out of Clark, which I'm going to get into that later on on my way home because you can fly in to Manila or Clark or you might see as an international one Cebu. Cebu is one of the islands. Manila is obviously the main city in the Philippines. So when I flew in, my brother was already there with his wife and they were they came to Manila to meet me. They sent a car to pick me up from the airport to take me to the hotel that they were staying at and I stayed there just for the one night, got up super early in the morning and then got a cab back to the airport and then got the flight to, again, this might sound a bit complicated, but if you start researching, it'll all make sense to you. There's two airports going to Boracay. Boracay is one of the most beautiful islands in the Philippines. If you look up the Philippines, it's one of the first places that an El Nido that will pop up. It is gorgeous. I was flying there. Now there is Calabo and then there is Cataclan, two different airports. One is an hour and a half away. One is closer to the port where you need to get the ferry from. I made a choice to fly into Calabo because it was cheaper. And even with the transfer that I got from the resort that I was staying in, it worked out a lot cheaper than flying into Cataclan, which is a lot closer. So then it's about an hour and a half bus ride from Calibo. It was fine. I didn't, I don't remember much of it because obviously there was nothing to really remember. It was fine. Got me there, got to the ferry area. And then our resort had a little boat that picked us up and then took us over. Now, This was 2011, 2012 that I went. It has changed a lot since then. I'm not sure if you've heard, but the government in the Philippines shut down the whole island of Boracay for at least six months. And they made massive infrastructure changes, huge changes to the island. So what I experienced is now very different to what is happening currently. The reason they did this Basically super gross is that a lot of hotels and restaurants were actually dumping human waste in the ocean and other waste in the ocean. So it was just, as their president is quoted as calling it, a cesspit. So they ended up shutting down the island and they've made massive changes. It's now looks 
way more beautiful, which I didn't even think was possible than it did before. So some of the very big changes, you cannot go to Boracay without having your resort or your accommodation booked previously. They will not let you onto the island if you don't have anything booked. So all backpackers out there, it is not a place now that you can just rock up and go find somewhere to stay at. You must have it previously booked. The other thing, not all resorts or hotels are certified. Make sure that they are. It is a huge government requirement. They need to be certified. And I think the ones that are not, are not actually selling the rooms. I tried to look at the one that I stayed at and they are not running. It looks like they are, but you can't book a room. So they're actually not certified, which means you can't stay there. And so they have also reduced the amount of people that can be on the island at any time. I actually think, don't quote me to this, but I think it could be around 20,000 people reduced on the island at any one time. That's a lot of people. So that means that they've made the hotel and resorts cut down on their rooms. I feel sorry for all the people that worked and lived on Boracay for that time. From what I have heard, a lot of people lost a lot of money and it's tough because that's their livelihood, that's their work. I think it's rumored that maybe they've lost about a billion dollars in tourist money that over that six months that they would have been making as an island as a whole. It's huge. Hopefully these changes are long-term and for the better and that money will come flowing back to them. Once you get to the ferry port now, you then have to go and sign and fill out a form and explain where you're staying, all the documentation you need to have proof of where you're staying and then they give you a stamp that says verified and then you can go on the ferry and go over to your resort or wherever you're staying. When I went where we got off the ferry, it was really dirty. And I remember looking and thinking, this is kind of gross. What is everyone talking about? This beach is not pretty. The sand looked dirty. There was just mess everywhere. And then you not there yet. We got onto a little bus, little mini bus, and it then takes you down the middle of the island on at that point a very rocky, small dirt road. It was pretty gross. And I remember thinking, this does not seem like paradise, like everyone explains. Currently, that road is now being made a actual road and there is still road work everywhere from what I can gather. It is going to be beautiful. At what I've seen, I've been stalking people's YouTube videos and you can actually see the sand when you first got off that ferry now, it looks clean. It looks like it has been rejuvenated to its beautiful, pristine way that it should be. It looks amazing. It looks beautiful. It looks like how you would picture it to look when you hop off and you want to see paradise. That's what it looks like now. Then you go on this back road, which now looks like it's going to be an actual road and they have extended it. So now two lanes can go instead of one and you get to your resort or accommodation wherever you choose to stay. There are three different stations on the main beach of Boracay, station one, station two, and station three. I know when I was looking for accommodation, it really confused me. I didn't quite understand why there were stations. 
I still don't kind of understand it, to be honest with you, but I guess it's just like saying street one, street this, that, whatever the street name. So I guess that's their way of being able to find where things are. So I stayed in station two, which is right in the heart of it. I would probably recommend staying in station two if you, well, you know what? I can't because from what I gather, it's not a party island anymore. I was just about to say, if you want to be in the mix of it and you want to stay in where the heart of it is, where the bars are, I would say station two. Station three looks more like the high-end resorts from what I can remember. Station one also kind of outskirts on the edges, a lot quieter in those areas. But now, another change the government has made, that it is not the party island anymore. Boracay was known as being the party island of the Philippines, and that is now gone. People cannot drink on the beach anymore. They also cannot smoke. It is smoke-free, not so good for smokers out there, good for people that are non-smokers and want to sit on the beach and not have smoke blowing in your face or walking on cigarette butts, which is the main reason they've done it. They don't want rubbish anywhere. They have also banned single-use plastic on the island. You will not find plastic bags. You will not find straws. I think this is great. Absolutely needs to be done. I think it is amazing that they are stepping up and doing it. All bottled water sounds like to me it comes in glass bottles because that was something I was thinking about. We drink a lot of bottled water when you're there because you can't drink the water from the tap. And I was wondering how they did that. Glass bottles, obviously a bit more expensive. I would pay that a little bit more for it instead of having the plastic in the ocean on the beach. I think it's great. Good on you, Philippines. Well done, Boracay. There are also apparently lots of police everywhere policing this as well as a big one. You can no longer make sandcastles on the beach in Boracay. So if you're thinking you're going to go dig in that sand and make a castle, it's not going to happen. You're not allowed to. It's all banned. They want to keep the beach as clean as possible. Something else that they've done, which I think is great from the pictures that I've seen needed to be done. When I was there, when you went out to the beach, there was beach chairs everywhere, beach lounges, beach chairs, mess. It looked like mess everywhere. They are also banned now. So you got to take your towel and you lay down on that sand and you can bake out. I much prefer to do that. I think it's a much more organic way of being on the beach instead of having these chairs everywhere. It did make it look messy. Apparently, none of the trees are allowed to have lights in them. It was really gone back to basics to try and save the environment. That was the whole purpose of doing this refurbish of the whole island. Needed to be done. So something that I love doing, which I don't even know... it's kind of hard giving you this advice on this island because obviously, like I said, it's very different now than when I went. But there was a bar that I loved called Charlie's Bar. And something I did love doing was going there every night and meeting other travellers. And it was on the beach and you could just sit down, have cocktails, watch that sunset. It is the best sunset I have ever seen. Zanzibar and Boracay are very close Boracay wins. It was stunning. Every night I could sit there and just watch that drop over the ocean. It was stunning. 
being at Charlie's Bar was great, having some cocktails. The food on Boracay, people say it's good. I didn't think it was amazing. I'm not a big fan of the food in the Philippines, to be honest. I'm allergic to MSG. It makes it quite hard for me to eat in all Asian countries. So I've got to be very careful. So I ate a lot of plain rice. I was there over New Year's Eve. It was by far the best New Year's Eve fireworks I have ever witnessed. I'm a sucker for fireworks. I really am. I love watching them. I'm such a kid. I don't know what it is with them, but they just make me happy. And so I was on the beach and there is something so magical about the darkness of the ocean at night with the stars out and fireworks banging out of these boats that you can't see on the ocean. And the fireworks are just above the ocean. It was truly magical. I just stood there in awe watching it. Again, I don't know if that's something that's been banned. It quite possibly could be. So if you are planning to go there, please do your research. Write, even if you write to a resort, ask them if there is going to be anything over New Year's Eve. Double check. Don't go there thinking it's going to happen. There could be a high chance that it might not happen. So definitely do your research. Absolutely, if that's what you want to see. I wish, I hope they still do the fireworks over the ocean. It was, magical is the only word I can explain. I know I've said it a few times, but it's so true. It really And it went for such a long time. It went far longer than the fireworks we have in here in Australia. Still makes me, uh, right now I've got my arms out and I'm looking up like I'm looking at them. (laughs) Only if you could see me right now. Hmm. Anyway, I met a lot of people in the Philippines. Last episode, I actually told a story about some young children that came up and asked for some money for some ice cream and I denied them thinking they were beggars and I ended up being wrong and the gentleman that I was talking to gave them money and they ended up going and buying ice cream and we had a beautiful couple of days with these kids they then came back and hung out with us and I went and bought them toys like I explained in the last episode and we got them walkie-talkies and we were playing with the walkie-talkie they were beautiful beautiful kids and so the people in Boracay are actually really lovely as well all the Philippines I think At that time, there was a lot of backpackers, heaps of backpackers around everywhere. And there was, I know, (laughs) I know I mentioned in my episode with Jules that I had my vodka goggles on and I thought I could have met the man of my dreams. And then I got stuck in the toilet. Well, I actually in the Philippines met the most gorgeous man I've ever met in my life. I'm going to tell you this story because (laughs) I don't know why I do, but I will. I'm going to open up. I'm going to tell you. I saw him the first day that I was there. I was laying out on one of these lounge chairs and I looked in the ocean and I saw this man walking out, shaved head, brown skin, blue eyes, and I nearly fell off my chair. And there was a lady next to me and I said to her, are you seeing him? Is he real? She's like, "Uh uh-huh. He's real. I was like, is he really? And he comes up close next to my chair and there was a palm tree next to me. He literally climbs the palm tree, climbs it just using his strength, 
climbs it, gets to the top, grabs a coconut, comes down with a coconut, goes over to this other branch, smashes the coconut, cracks it open and drinks it. Oh, I was looking at him thinking, I think I just fell in love. It was amazing. He was so manly, but he was in this petite kind of body. Anyway, I seriously, I looked at this lady next to me and said, he's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. She said, I can't believe he just did that. He just climbed that tree and cracked open coconut and drank it. I'm like, I know. (laughs) Anyway, he said hello to us because he saw us drooling over him. And then he carried on with his day. Every night after this, I saw him at the bar and we would just say hello and that's it. And I thought, okay, he's not interested in me. I can't change that. And then I just sat back in a non-stalkerish way. I would just watch him. (laughs) I know it sounds very stalkerish, but I wasn't, I swear. And I could see all of these gorgeous women going up and talking to him, trying to talk to him. And he wasn't interested. He was not interested at all. He would kind of say hello. He'd be polite. He was never rude. And then he'd carry on. And he had a a couple of male friends there that he would talk to. And so in my head, in my non-stalkerish watching, viewing of him, I gathered he must have been gay. I'm watching him thinking, okay, all right, all these women are having a crack and he's not interested. Maybe he wants the men and they're just not having a crack. Okay. Just kept watching, don't judge, just watching. And then it gets to the very final night. So I go out, I'm at the bar, talking to some of my friends that I've made that I'm now best friends with, that I met on the first night and we've done everything together. And then somehow our paths cross and he comes up and we start talking. And he was actually being a little bit more mm, interested than he ever has been. I was like, okay, this is weird. I'll play along. I thought, okay, even if he's gay, that's fine. I don't care. I'll still talk to him and maybe we can be best mates. All right. So we start talking and then we're talking a little bit more. And he said, would you like to come and just sit on the ocean? Because these bars are all on the, they were all on the beach there. So he's like, do you want to just come and sit on the beach? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we went down and we sat on the beach and I seriously, I can't tell you enough how much of a rom-com moment this was. In my head, I've got like fragments of movie flowing of the scenes that was happening. So I can tell you one scene, he was like pointing at the sky and showing me all the stars saying, now this is this and this is that. And once you get there and you see this and I was like, wow. Next scene is telling me all about being in the army and his technique that he has and all of the martial arts that he knows and how he can protect me. Next scene, we'd been talking now for hours, opening up about where he's from, his Israeli, all about his culture, asking me about mine, talking for hours and hours and hours. I'm thinking, this guy is amazing. I swear, he's my soulmate. We keep talking. He looks at me and he says, I really like you. Do you mind? Can I please kiss you? And I went, (gasps) and he said, what? What was that reaction? And I said, 
I didn't think you were into me. I thought, I've seen all these girls trying to pick you up and I didn't think you were interested. And he said, hmm. And I saw something click and he said, do you think I'm gay? And I said, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. He goes, no, I'm definitely not gay. I like you a lot. Oh, you've not paid me any attention. He said, well, no, I didn't. He said, I'm really sick of people just wanting to talk to me because of the way I look. And he said, as the nights went on, I could tell that you were just interested in wanting to get to know me and not just about the way I look. Oh my gosh. He goes, all these, I said, I saw all these women coming up to you. He goes, yeah. He goes, but they're all, they've got no depth. They all just want to talk to to me, like my face, not to who I am. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, we had the most beautiful kiss under the stars next scene. Oh, so we just sat there and we just spoke all night. And then I looked at the time and it was four o'clock, 4 a.m., I had to leave the island at 4.45 a.m. I was shattered. I said to him, I'm so sorry, but I need to go. I've got to pack my bag. I've got to leave. And he's like, no, really? I said, yes, I do. He's like, but I think we've got such a strong connection. I said, I know, I've never met anyone like you. So then he said, I'm coming to Melbourne. I want to see you. I said, okay, here's my phone number. He pulls out this little phone if you showed a child now they wouldn't know what it was it was an old one even for the time and he said oh I'm terrible with phones I lose them I break them all the time I just got this one cheap and so I put my number in it something about me is that I get very confused and get things back to front all the time numbers especially I am known to give a guy the wrong number accidentally, not on purpose. I would never do it. I just would tell him I'm not interested. I'm not giving him my number. I think it's mean to do that to somebody. And men have thought I have been that girl, which is not me. I've accidentally given my number back to front, especially when I'm excited and nervous. I get all flustered and things get jumbled up. So my numbers will all go back to front. So say it's a a one, two, three, it will be three, one, two. I will get it all confused. So I gave him my number I did not think about Facebook, email. I didn't even, I was so, oh my gosh, here's my number. Yes, come. I want to see you again. I can't believe we've been talking all night and now it's 4am and it feels like it's only been an hour. It was amazing. I ended up leaving at 4.45. He waved me goodbye and I never heard from him again. So I don't know if you lost that phone. I like to think like a woman and be positive and be like, yeah, that's totally what happened because he seems so into me. So if anyone knows a star from Israel that was in the Philippines of New Year's Eve from 2011, 2012 crossover, tell him to contact me. He's probably got five children by now, but I still would like to know how he is. He was amazing. Anyway, that's my sad love story from the Bor- from Boracay. <laughs> okay, enough about my love life or my non-existent love life. So then I ended up flying into Manila again and then I met my parents because my parents had flown over. So just going back to Boracay for a second, it was the party island then is probably not the party island anymore. It is probably more suited now to couples, honeymooners. 
I, I would still go back by myself. I'm quite happy to just chill out on the beach and talk to anybody. So, but if you are someone that's a backpacker and maybe wants to go, maybe let it, cause it's only been open now. I think October they reopened and I, not all of the island is back to being fully operational. So maybe just give it a little bit of time and then wait and see and then head there. But if you're going to the Philippines, I don't think you can miss it. I think it's a must see, especially now. If you Google it and you see the images of how pristine that beach is, you can't miss it. I think it's a must. You must still go there. So then we went on to Bohol. Now, Bohol, I ended up meeting my parents at the airport and then flying to Bohol. And we did some cool things. We went into these caves. Uh, I think they're called Hinadanan Caves. As you've probably learned, I'm really bad at saying names of things. So I think it sounds like, anyway, it sounds like that. Those caves are really cool. Where you can go down, you can go in the water and swim in them if you choose to. I didn't. It's dark. You can't see underneath the water and it freaks me out a bit. So I didn't go in, but other people were swimming there and it was really beautiful. I'm glad that we went and saw that. We did this other day trip And it took us on a boat that went down the river. I'm not sure the name of the river that we went on. And it had lunch on the boat. And then it stops at these pontoons and some people come out and do some traditional kind of dancing and singing. It's really cool. It's really nice. And then you go to the Tarsia conservation area. Tarsias are these really cute little tiny little Filipino monkeys. And they have these big bulgy eyes and they're tiny. They're like the size of your hand. And they look at you with these eyes and you just want to grab them and cuddle them, but you can't because you can't touch animals, leave them where they are. But they're really cute. And so you go up on these platforms where you can see them and you can see them sitting up in the trees and they look at you, but then they might close their eyes again and have a sleep and they might look at you. But they have basically lots of souvenirs that you can buy with Tarsiers. So if anyone's ever brought you back a little looking monkey from the Philippines, that's what it is. I bought lots of them and gave them to everybody because they're the cutest little things. And they're so unique. I don't think there's any, they don't live anywhere else. I don't think they might. I don't think. And then we went to the Chocolate Hills. I know it sounds delicious, but you can't eat them. You've just got to look at them. I know it's so not cool. Thinking Chocolate Hills, it's going to be something to do with chocolate. Nah, There's just a lot of hills. I think there is actually 1,200 to 1,700 hills in this area, which is more than 50 square kilometers. And they're green grass and it turns brown in certain seasons in the dry season, which is why it's called the Chocolate Hills. But I think when I was there, I think they were pretty green. I can't remember. I'll have to get my photos and I'll put some photos on Insta and you'll be able to see. I can't remember if they're blue. It was brown or green. I've got a feeling they were green. Anyway, they were cool. And it was cool. You go up to a platform and you get to see all these rolling hills everywhere. And yeah, it'd be nice if there was chocolate you could buy too. Just saying. Something that really frustrated me throughout the Philippines, which I hope it has been improved, but I'm not sure if it has, is the airport the lines at the airport, the baggage fees at the airport, the extra fees. So going into the islands at the airport, you had to kind of pay an exit and entry fee every time at the airport. That got us a lot because I did a lot of flights going kind of via Manila. And so I had to pay all these extra fees. The most frustrating thing of all for me, I will always pay 
if it's a budget airline that doesn't include baggage, I will always pay extra for baggage. And I had done so. They then, one airline, which I'm not going to mention which one, had said that our weight was over the amount allowed. We weighed all of our bags on other scales and it was correct. But on their scale, it was out. Screaming scam, right? Totally. So I argued like crazy and I I kicked up a stink. I made a scene, I'm not going to lie, because they wanted to charge us a lot of money for extra excess baggage. And I was arguing and said, no, I'm never over. I can see when I'm over. I'm not over. Put it on this scale over here. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. So we ended up having to pay this extra. I was not impressed. And I, like I said, made a big scene about it. I'm not saying they all do it. I hopefully nobody does it anymore because it was really, it put a bad taste in my mouth and I really didn't like that. And then every time I went in and out of the airport, I already kind of went in with my backup and like I was going in for an argument because I felt like every time we were having this problem, it was, it was just getting, it was just a bit ridiculous. Hopefully that doesn't happen anymore and no one else has that issue but at that time, it was a problem. So from Bahol, I ended up going back to Manila and then going to San Fernando, which is up in the northern parts. I think it's about a two and a half hour drive, depending on traffic. I think it can change quite dramatically with traffic. And that's where my sister-in-law is from. So that's where the wedding was. So we went up there and we spent some time up there and it was really nice to be away from the tourist areas. I love tourist areas. That's what they're designed for. They're designed to give tourists a great adventure and experience. But going to local areas, you see the real life and how people really live. And I really enjoyed seeing that. We were in a van going towards the church for the wedding And there was this little motorbike buggy in front of us that had a big pig, a a dead pig, sorry for those that are vegans, but a dead pig that had been cooked on the side. I've got a photo of it. I should put that on Insta too. And these are the things that you don't really see in the tourist areas. And just driving and seeing how people are living, seeing their rice fields, seeing everything. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. We had the wedding. It was beautiful to experience another culture. I've actually been to a few weddings now around the world. It's one of my favorite things to do. Someone, a friend of mine says they're getting married and they're inviting me. I'll more than likely be there. I love seeing how people celebrate love. It's beautiful. And different traditions and cultures and what they do. One thing I really loved is they try and include everybody. So... (laughs) my whole family that was there was included being myself and my mum and dad. You all have to kind of walk down the aisle. So I think mum and dad walked down with my brother, I think maybe. I don't know. I wasn't at that part because I was out with the bridal party with the girls. All the bridesmaids had tiny little Filipino dresses that were made from locals. And my sister-in-law got me one made too. But I have a different body style than a Filipino woman. They are quite petite. I have curves. And 
she gave me the dress to try on and it didn't even fit over one of my legs. So luckily I had packed a dress that was a similar color. So I had my own dress on, but I also had heels and all of the women that were in the bridal party pretty much came up to my shoulders. So I stood out (laughs) and I had blonde hair at the time. So I very much stood out and we all walked down the aisle. When I walked down the aisle, they all clapped. It was really bizarre because I guess I was so different and they, they hadn't seen that. But the thing I love the most about it was that the parents are so involved. Something they do that I really love is that when the bride and groom are up the front, there is actually two special chairs either side of where the bride and groom are, where the parents sit. So they are made out to be special. So they should be. It was so beautiful to see it. And watching my mum and dad sit there and my sister-in-law's parents sitting there, it was just special. It was really special. That was great being able to experience that and seeing how the locals live and then having the party and having basically the whole town come for the wedding. It was really cool experience, a really cool experience. So then after the wedding, the whole family, including my brother and his wife family, there was heaps of us, we all went to Palawan. Palawan is the island where El Nido is. We didn't go to El Nido. At that time, it wasn't so easy to get there. There was a lot of kind of bus and different things you had to do to get there. So we decided not to go there. I wish I did. When I go back next time, which I will be going back to the Philippines because I love it, I will go to El Nido. But there is rumors also that that might be the next place that gets shut down for a revamp. All the things going on there are proper and they're not doing the same cesspity things that they were doing in Boracay. We stayed at this cool little place that I found online called Nico's Cabanas and it was basically in the middle of nowhere and it was awesome. We loved it. There was so many of us, so we needed a place that could accommodate all of us. And something else that they did that I really liked is they had kind of a package deal. So you could, I think, had the day trips were included as well as dinner. So the buffet breakfast dinner was included. It was really cheap and it was great. The rooms were clean. It had a pool. We didn't need, we didn't use the pool because we were out during the days, but we had a great time. Probably now would I stay somewhere else? I'd probably go to El Nido, but anyway, it's, it's cool. And something that we really wanted to do, the island is actually huge. So it's not so easy to get around it as you may think. It's actually a really big island. We wanted to go and see the underground river and it is worth seeing. It was stunning. So you get onto these little boats and then they take you into the underground river. So they have torches and you get to see all the caves and it is really cool. Most of my images back then didn't really come out. I didn't have a GoPro or anything back in those days. So I don't have any really good footage to show you from then. But if you Google it, there is billions of footage now because everyone has a GoPro. So you can see it. It is so pretty. It is worth seeing. So we did that. That was really cool to do with all the family and everyone enjoyed that going out. And we also did a day of snorkeling. So we went to three different places. So the first place we went to 
was Honda Bay and we got a boat to Pandan Island and we went out snorkeling just off the beach there and the fish and the coral was so close and it was really good snorkeling. I've done lots of snorkeling around the world and it's probably in my top five. It was really good. I really enjoyed what I got to see. There was lots of color. Unfortunately, a lot of places now, the color is going. There's not much where you get to see really bright coral and good fish and lots of it. It was really nice to see. So I really enjoyed that. And then we had some lunch on the island and then we went to Snake Island and we did some more snorkeling. It was a great day. I really enjoyed that day. Again, I'm pretty sure that was all included in the package. So I think that all those day trips were included with the package that we had. Obviously, you can book this yourself. You don't need to go through a package, book the hotel or wherever you want to stay. And then there's heaps of things you can find online now that will have all of these kinds of packages. Something I did by myself was the Firefly tour at night. It really had me interested and I don't know why, but I really wanted to do it. And so there was one other girl at the hotel that I didn't know that said she would be keen to do it as well. I was like, okay, cool. They booked it all in and got us a cab and we ended up going. And again, it takes you out on this boat on the river at night and there's all these fireflies and it was pretty, but there wasn't as many as I thought. For some reason, I had this dramatic image in my head of what it was going to be like. And it wasn't like that. And he did say normally they're a lot more vibrant than it was that night. I don't know if he was just saying that to us or if it's always like that. I don't know. But it was still cool. I'm still glad I did it. But yeah, I mean, we don't have fireflies here in Melbourne. So I don't get to see them. I have seen them when I've been in the US and it's been cool. And I've got to like see them up close and be like, oh, that's really exciting. We don't have them here. So it was nice to go out on the river and be where it's really quiet and just see them kind of flying. That was really pretty. Then the final, well, one of the final places that we went to was Manila. Now, a lot of people will probably tell you Manila is not a place you spend a lot of time. It is the main city. I agree. It doesn't compare to the islands at all. It doesn't compare to the islands. You can't compare it to the islands. It's a city. It's not a tropical destination where you're going to sit on a beach and drink cocktails. It's the city. And so we did some tourist things there. We went to the Fort Santiago, which was really cool. And it's all within the, the Intramuros. Intramuros. I, I'm just going to spell it because I, I didn't even know why I attempt to say these things. I-N-T-R-A-M-U-R-O-S. Now, it is the walled city. I can say that. It's the walled city. So it's the old city of Manila. It's really cool. I really enjoyed going around and seeing that. Now, the Fort Santiago was actually built between 1590 and 1593. So if you are a history buff... This is a place you will enjoy. It has been so many different things over the years. It has served so many different purposes and it survived earthquakes and then the Second World War, all of these things that it was used for and has survived. It was really, really interesting to see. Someone like me who's a massive history geek, I loved it. I was totally geeking out. If you're not a history buff, meh, you can probably skip it. Something you might be into if you're not a history buff is Resort World. Resort World has shopping. 
It has a casino, it has hotels, it has everything. We went there to go shopping and I needed to stock up on makeup. We ended up doing a afternoon, I think, there. I probably could have spent a lot longer there. It's pretty big, but it was cool. I enjoyed it. It was good to see. Those that aren't into shopping, go gambling. Those that aren't into gambling, go shopping. It kind of suits whoever, really. There's something for everybody there. There's food, there's restaurants, there's bars. Eh, it's got everything. Then our final destination in the Philippines was a place called Angeles City. Angeles City is a unique place. It's not a place I researched. It's not a place I knew anything about. So I'm there with my mum and dad and we went to Angeles City because there is another airport in the Philippines, like I said earlier, there's Manila Airport and then there's Clark Airport. Clark Airport is a lot further away. It's actually closer to Pampanga, which is where my sister-in-law is from. So we were flying out of there because, again, the flights were cheaper. So I decided to, yep, yeah, let's fly out of Clark. Let's do it. So I booked the accommodation to stay in Angeles City, which is the main city closest to Clark. And I arrive with my mum and dad and we go into the hotel and I think, wow, this is slightly weird. It had, all the rooms had a very strong cigarette smoke smell and I have asthma. So I'm super triggered by cigarette, super triggered. Gives me an asthma attack really quickly. And I was in this room. I was like, I can't breathe. So anyway, they moved me to another room. Still smelt really bad of smoke. I look around the room and I see a sign. And on this sign, it says, how much every item is that gets that it is stolen. So if you steal this item, it will tell you how much you have to pay the hotel, how much they'll charge you on your card. I was like, what? What is this? I had a good look at it. The items on this list were really interesting because I know when I go to a hotel, I really plan on stealing the bed. Yep, up my shirt. I'm going to walk out with it. You're not going to know it's there. It was on the list. The side tables on the list, everything, the TV, the TV stand, everything was on the list. How much it was worth and how much you would be charged if you stole the item. <laughs> this was giving me a good idea of the area that we were staying in. So then mum and dad and I decide to go out for a walk and see the, the street. And we walk down the main street and there's a lot of women yelling at dad to come into the places. <laughs> Mum and I are looking at each other and it just clicked. We're in the red light district. <laughs> we didn't even realize. Yep, that's where we were, the red light district. So that's why they're all asking dad to come in and have a drink, not because they just had good cocktails. <laughs> so yeah, Mum and dad thought it was interesting and I said to them, you can go off on your own if you want. I'm going back to my room. <laughs> it was Definitely eye-opening and I know mum and dad actually enjoyed it. I think they enjoyed the different culture and the different experience of walking down a street and being yelled at and yeah, anyway, I don't know if they've ever been to a red light district in their life. I can't say that's my first, unfortunately. <laughs> it's not my favourite place to be. I just happened to fall into these places and it is what it is. So we got on our flight and we flew home. And that was my time in the Philippines. Do I recommend it? Absolutely. Should you go to the Philippines? Yes. Would I rate it above Thailand and Bali? Yes. My personal experiences, I would. It wasn't overpopulated when I was there. 
saying that it might be now Boracay probably still not yet because it's not fully open but if you're going to go and you want to go to somewhere where it is quiet I would probably say go to Boracay real quick before it gets the influx of everybody that was there before I hope you if you do go I hope you love it it is a beautiful place Philippines I will be back I will be coming to see you all again I hope you enjoy this episode and if you're planning on going to the Philippines please do your research, do some extra homework on Boracay if you're planning to go there and just go. It's beautiful. You're going to love it. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step. I give you a big virtual hug to all my listeners. Don't forget to subscribe if you're a new listener. Welcome aboard. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on.